following lecture was produced by the Gnostic Academy of Chicago, a nonprofit organization, and is one of many available for podcast, download, and transcription. You can visit chicagonosis.org to find courses, articles, scriptures, commentaries, and other valuable resources that address a wide variety of spiritual subjects, interests, and needs. Through the generous support of listeners like you, the Gnostic Academy of Chicago has produced online courses, lectures, and articles freely available worldwide. If you have benefited from this knowledge, help humanity through making a tax-deductible donation at chicagonosis.org. If you are interested in attending the Gnostic Academy of Chicago in person, you may view our online class schedule and freely register at meetup.com slash chicagonosis. The Chicagoland Gnostic Academy provides humanity with the necessary means for transforming suffering and acquiring personal knowledge of the divine. With this purpose in mind, we now begin the lecture. May all beings be happy. In our studies of meditation, we are deeply concerned with levels of being, degrees of consciousness, which, according to the 14th Dalai Lama, is infinite. A very famous Sufi initiate by the name of Abdul Karim Jali, he wrote a book called The Universal Man, Al-Insan Al-Kamil, where he stated, the journey to God is short, the journey in God is infinite. While this work teaches us how to reunite with divinity, with the truth. The reality is that upon entering religion, reunion, there are qualities of knowledge, of understanding, which are within the divine. It is infinite. Consciousness has the capacity to expand to an infinite degree. And different traditions teach and map these levels of consciousness in different ways, in varying levels. The conservative Piscean traditions in which the different religious doctrines and scriptures originated within the past 2,000 years speak about these levels of being, these levels of consciousness in a very abstract manner. The writings are not very explicit and require a lot of experience 
and initiation from a teacher or shaikh, a guru, a master. But times are different. We now live in an era relating to the astrological influence of Aquarius. Pisces was noted for its conservatism. Knowledge had to be earned. And only when practitioners would meditate for many years would they be allowed to really understand and be taught the heights of their spiritual tradition. And in Sufism, there, this is no exception. Sufism pertains to the era of Pisces. And while many manuals of writings were given in that tradition, a lot of that wisdom is very veiled and only understood by initiates. People who are awakening their consciousness, not only physically, but in the internal planes, whether through dream yoga, astral projection. But whether or not those abilities are developed in us, we can begin to appreciate and to understand, to approach these levels of consciousness which the Sufis call stations. A station is a place that people travel to, where people arrive, where people leave. The levels of being are described as places or stopping points in an ascension towards the truth. The highest station among the Gnostics is Marifa. It is knowledge of divinity. It is permanent self-realization. It is the full incarnation of God in the soul. The path of resurrection, which Samael Anvior speaks about in his book, The Three Mountains. These degrees or stations of the path as taught by the Sufis, were explicitly provided by Samael and Vior in the Three Mountains. And so in this lecture, we'll talk about how meditation applies to the science of the Tree of Life, the Tree of Being, the Levels of Being, which is a map to understand where we are and where we must go if we truly want to obtain religion, yoga. So the levels of being or these stations, these degrees of knowledge, of development, are made explicit within the writings of the Aquarian knowledge. And I'll read for you a quote from the book, The Aquarian Message, by our teacher Samael and Vior. The chapter is from Internal Meditation. The seven degrees of ecstasy through which the mystic reaches the perfect state of the soul 
are described in the school of Sufism. The school of Sufism teaches about ecstasy. The state and secret of our level is revealed in Sufism because this is the interior state of life in God. So what is ecstasy? It comes from the Latin extatuo, to stand outside oneself. It is our psychological state that we cultivate as we learn to remove the ego and to go beyond our level of being, to become something more, something profound. Samuel Vior writes in Revolutionary Psychology, what is our level of being? We must know where we are if we wish to ascend to a higher level. So our psychological state determines everything, which is why meditation is so fundamental for change. Meditation is precisely the science, the art, the philosophy, the religion of understanding our own conditions of mind, but also our virtues, our qualities of soul. This is much more important than any outward adherence to a group or participation in a school. While schools are necessary, they provide clarification of how to practice meditation. They also inspire us to work, to want to change. But a group in itself is not the defining factor of whether one will reach the goal. Our work is our own. In the Piscean era, and even today, the Sufi schools are very conservative. They only taught the most profound doctrine, the most profound sciences, to those who have proven themselves under the jurisdiction of a teacher. But of course, in the Aquarian era, initiation is our own life intensely lived with rectitude and with love. Which is why even Bayazid Bastami, a Sufi initiate, stated the following, I stood with the pious and I didn't find any progress with them. I stood with the warriors in the cause and I didn't find a single step of progress with them. Then I said, Oh Allah, what is the way to you? And Allah said, leave yourself and come. Meaning, leave behind the ego. Eliminate the ego. Strive and fight in yourself. Work on yourself. Abandon our previous level of being. What we are now to become something new and transformed.
These levels of being are depicted by Kabbalah, the tree of life. And it is this image, this diagram, this map of consciousness, this diagram of divinity that is missing from the teaching of the Sufis and even many other traditions. Because the tree of life was not explained openly by the Muslim masters, but it is an essential diagram or graphic that elaborates and explains the stations of the Sufi path. Ten spheres, ten stations, with all of their multiplicity, their dimensionality, their infinite qualities. This diagram teaches us where we are in our meditation, and therefore those schools that leave aside the tree of life do not understand meditation in its heart because we cannot understand where we are, what our level of being is, where we must go, if we do not understand the Kabbalah. Kabbalah comes from the Hebrew Kabel, meaning to receive. And when we meditate, we investigate, we analyze, we experience we then receive new knowledge. We understand the depths and intricacies of the soul and the path that leads out of suffering. But in order to do that, we have to abandon what we are. As Abu Sa'id, a Sufi initiate, stated, wherever the delusion of your selfhood appears, there's hell. Wherever you aren't, that's heaven. So the ego is the problem. The ego is the obstacle. The sense of I, me, what I want, what I crave, what I desire. That in itself is called the tree of death in Islam the tree of Zakum, which in Arabia is a actual tree whose leaves are very bitter to taste and became a symbol of the infradimensionality of the ego, the subconsciousness, the unconsciousness, the infra-consciousness. So we have to abandon our own pride, fear, laziness, lust, defects, nafs, the lower soul, in order to obtain heaven. But this quote is very interesting. It says that wherever you aren't, that's heaven. doesn't mean that there is a complete nihilism there, that we cannot experience heaven. It depends on our level of being. Are we attached to our negativities, our hatreds, our self-esteem? Or do we set that egotism aside 
withdraw the senses and awaken the consciousness, the soul, so that we can experience the being. So remember that this map, this tree of life, represents us. Who we are. Who we really are. Not our culture, our language, our name, but divinity. Stations are precisely the degrees of consciousness that we develop in ourselves through work. These are known as initiations. And if you've studied the writings of Samael and Vior, such as in the Three Mountains, the Major Mysteries, the Perfect Matrimony, Tarot and Kabbalah, Alchemy and Kabbalah in the Tarot, you understand that this tree of life is essential. These are precisely the stations of the path, the degrees of consciousness, which we seek to actualize. Remember that initiation is our own life. It is not found in a physical group. They instruct, they inspire. Real initiation occurs when we humble ourselves, when we humiliate our ego. Shame comes before honor. If we wish to return to divinity, we have to strip away the baggage, the delusion of self, which is not real. We have to remember the being, the tree of life, because the being is heaven. When the ego dies, the soul returns to divinity, our true reality, a profound state of omniscience, cognizance, happiness. And so this diagram helps us to understand ourselves. It is very intricate, very deep. Here we introduce it in the context of this lecture in order to frame the discussion of the forthcoming lectures in this course. So again, initiation is development, qualities of consciousness that we learn to realize here and now. It is obtained through very profound work. But of course, the being, divinity, whom the Sufis and Muslims call Allah, is precisely the one who obtains initiation, honor, degrees, qualities and experiences, understanding, wisdom. Allah in Arabic means the God. And if you look at this graphic, you find that there is a top trinity that emerges from an abstract deity, a perfect, profound, and limitless space known as Ain, Ain Sof, Ain Sof Aur. That is the absolute. That is Allah. Because even the term Allah, meaning the God, 
refers to the most profound heights of the truth. In Islam, they do not have any images of God. It is considered sacrilegious. That is because it is impossible to anthropomorphize space. And the light that emerges is precisely in this diagram, this top trinity, Keter, Chokmah, Bina, crown, wisdom, intelligence. It is light that expresses in three ways, but is one. There is no division of that light. It is perfect. But it manifests in three ways in order to create life which is why the Quran speaks abundantly about how one of the names of divinity is Al-Khalik, the creator, referring to Bina, the intelligence of divinity that creates the soul. Likewise, we have the compassionate, the merciful, Chokmah, which refers to the beginning of each surah of the Quran, with the exception of Surah 9. In the name of Allah, the compassionate, the merciful. Keter is also Allah, the crown, supremacy. And that light, which emerges from the unknown, is that perfect expression of God. Of course, the Christians refer to this trinity as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But that teaching and tradition degenerated when people mistakenly believed these divinities to be three people and not energy, consciousness. So that is why the Quran is a explicit and rejects the Trinity. But we study all traditions so that we don't end up in fanaticism or confusion. So the sight is perfect. It is the being. And if we wish to know and develop that light, as expressed in Surah Al-Nur, the 24th Surah of the Quran, we learn to enter initiation to develop that light. We learn to forget our egotism. We put it aside and remember our true self the reality of that light, that great perfection. So let us define, according to the Sufis, what stations are, initiations, levels of progress. The levels of knowing God, the remembrance of God, occurs in accordance with hierarchy. And even the Sufis, they explain these stations in very different ways. Sometimes seven, sometimes forty, other times a hundred and even a thousand. These stations refer to the qualities of ourselves, our soul, such as discipline, contentment, all of divinity. It's important to remember that these stations are very dynamic. When Samael and Vayor wrote 
about these different initiations. He was very specific and explained something that was never taught publicly. But the Sufis alluded to that teaching in a very abstract way. So, as I said, sometimes the Sufis say there are seven stations, sometimes 40, sometimes 100. The number seven is important to Kabbalah. It refers to seven levels of the soul, the lower seven spheres, or sephirot, the Hebrew term for emanations. There are also 40 stations, referring to the four worlds of Kabbalah, the ten sephirot of the tree of life in the four worlds, Atzilut, Bria, Yatsira, Asiya. Forty also relates to the Hebrew letter Mem, which refers to words like Maim, water, and even the Arabic Mim, which has the same significance. Fawrudin Atar wrote a book or a poem called The Conference of the Birds, and he speaks about the seven stations of the path. Al-Kushari, who wrote Principles of Sufism, Al-Risala, explained that there are 40 stations which are very profound, and much of the knowledge we are providing here comes from that text. And lastly, there is the hundred stations of the Sufi path by Abdullah Ansari of Ahad. All these initiates were Persian. And I'll quote for you what Samayal Anvir wrote in The Perfect Matrimony about Persian Sufi initiates. The most ineffable part of Muhammadan mysticism is Persian Sufism. It has the merit of struggling against materialism and fanaticism and against the literal interpretation of the Qur'an. The Sufis interpret the Qur'an from the esoteric point of view as we, the Gnostics, interpret the New Testament. So Sufism teaches us how to interpret the Qur'an because the language of the Qur'an is Kabbalah. which if you say in Spanish is La Caba. It is the science of the stone. In the Middle East, Muslims pray towards Mecca, the Kaaba, the stone of the mysteries. The symbol of the work with the Asad, the vital forces that are essential to entering meditation. If you say la baca, the same syllables in Spanish, you have bacal. And al bakara is the longest surah of the Quran. It is the kal, a reference to the divine mysteries of the eternal feminine, the divine mother. There are very profound mysteries here, very deep. The term baka actually means subsistence. The term fana, in Arabic it means elimination, annihilation of the self, so that one can enter the truth. 
baka is subsistence within the truth. So once we have died to the ego, the soul subsists and realizes the being, baka. That is the mystery of al-bakara, the sacred cow within Islam, along as surah of the Quran. If you're interested in knowing more about these topics, you can study specifically the tarot course we have available on chicagonosis.org where we speak a lot about the Muslim mysteries and the Kabbalistic symbolism contained within those teachings. So Kabbalah is the science of numbers. They represent principles. Law 7 is very deep. And it can teach us how to meditate, to understand the tree of life in its order. Forty can also relate to forty virtues relating to mem in Hebrew or Arabic mim. The fact that certain Sufis refer to a hundred stations can also refer to initiation. Because when you add the numbers together, the digits, one plus zero plus zero is one, relates to the first card of the sacred Torah or Kanam 1, which refers to laws of the being and the soul, the path of development. The Tarot and the Kabbalah are one science. And we use these principles when we study meditation. It is the map. It is how we navigate our own internal worlds. So, Stations refer to initiations. And going back to the first card of the sacred arcana is referring to the magician, the one who begins, who initiates, who works. The following is from Al-Risala, Principles of Sufism, by Al-Kushari. A station consists of certain forms of behavior actualized by the servant through his struggles. He gains access to these through some kind of voluntary effort and makes them a reality through a sort of striving and the endurance of constraints on his nature. So these are the levels of being. We access a higher level of being by working on our mind, by struggling against mechanical habits, defects, we must gain access to the higher worlds through conscious works and voluntary sufferings. This is a very famous quote by Samael Veor. We can only awaken through conscious works and voluntary sufferings. It doesn't mean that we go out of our way to look for problems. It means that we accept the results of our prior actions and face the consequences with rectitude, with ethics, with love for humanity. That's how we constrain the ego. We allow our ego to suffer when we don't give it what it wants. This is fundamental if we wish to enter initiation, understanding of the higher degrees of meditation.
Everyone's station is the place that he occupies in this way and with the discipline of which he concerns himself. The necessary condition involved is that no one may proceed from one station to another without fulfilling the requirements of the first station. There are very clear levels of development, a progression, which the Tree of Life maps very explicitly, very beautifully. The path is very layered. There are levels and degrees. If you studied the perfect matrimony, mysteries, major mysteries, the Venusic initiations, the three mountains. While these concepts might seem very far away from us and elevated, they give us a diagram, a map, an understanding of where we are and what we must do. So, Al-Kushari, Al-Kushari continues. For instance, he who has no contentment cannot properly possess trust. He who has no trust cannot properly possess the quality of surrender. Likewise, he who has not turned to God cannot properly know penitence. He who has no vigilance over the morality of his actions cannot properly know renunciation. So if we wish to enter those higher degrees, we must work with our level of being. Certain qualities cannot be developed unless we are very intentional. By eliminating certain defects, we give birth to virtues. By learning to renounce our mind, we in turn are vigilant, watchful over our own morality. If we've not repented of our mistakes and really wept profoundly for our errors, we cannot turn to God. If we have no remorse, we cannot change. We cannot wish to yearn or look for help. And if we do not trust our inner divinity, we will never surrender to Him. Nor have contentment. So all these qualities are very interwoven, dynamic, infinite. But it's useful to combine this study with the Tree of Life. because it helps to clarify these qualities in ourselves. Al-Kushari also continues in his Principles of Sufism, relating how the stations are stepping stones towards the path that leads to divinity. The station, place of stay, is the act of staying, just as the word madkal Entry has the sense of the act of entering, call, And the word makraj, exit, has the sense of the act of leaving. If his affairs be firmly constructed upon a sound basis, no one may remain in a given station unless there is evidence that it is the act of God Most High and not his own act. 
that causes him to stay in that station. So as I mentioned to you, stations are stepping stones, degrees. Virtues and qualities that we develop in a progression. Qualities of the soul that are perfected in the different initiations mentioned by Samaya Onveor. There are virtues that we need to master at certain degrees. In Malkut, the first initiation of fire, we must have patience and tenacity, endurance, in order to awaken the fire of the Kundalini, the sacred Shekinah. In Yasad, we must truly repent for our lustful deeds, our desires. In Hod, the heart, the astral world, we have to work on our emotions very deeply, our anger, our resentment, our pride. In the mental world, we have to be very diligent about how we think, how our thoughts affect others. And while these qualities are not strictly limited to those separate, there are certain idiosyncrasies we need to learn. And it's something you can only know through experience. And then these stations are places in which one can stay or one can leave. One can transcend. But the goal is never to stay in one place and never go down to fall. But to ascend these higher and higher degrees of knowledge. So we are not allowed to stay stationary unless that is what our divinity wants. There are some practitioners who get stuck because of certain defects that they are working on or don't understand. Other times the being keeps us at a certain degree because we need to learn something more to be firmly established in certain virtues and the understanding of certain actions. But the goal is never to stay in one place, but to always ascend, to go up, to ascend this tree of life. So this map is very intricate. It's very dense. There are many relationships associated with each sphere. There are many names of divinity, many aspects of the soul and the being that are diagrammed here. And it is a lifetime of study to really traverse this map of consciousness from experience. These stations are known as makamat in Arabic. These are initiations, degrees, levels of development. And I'll quote for you a very famous Persian text which I mentioned by Abdullah Ansari of Aharat, the station of the Sufi path. And I'll explain a few points about this teaching of the tree of life and how it can aid our meditation. It has been confirmed that Kadir, peace be with him, said there are 1,000 stations 
makam, between the servant of God and his Lord, maulah. The Quran speaks about this figure known as Qadir, who helped Moses and Moriah and the Lord God of Truth within refers to this initiate as Melchizedek, the genie of the earth, a great master. And a similar saying had been mentioned by Dual Nun al Masri and Abu Yazid al Bastami and al Janaid and Abu Bakr al Atani. May God be pleased with them all. Dual Nun al Masri said, There are a thousand worlds between the God and the Lord. Abu Yazid and al Janaid, may God bless their innermost selves, said, One thousand palaces. And Abu Bakr al Qatani said, A thousand stations. So whether a hundred or a thousand, these refer to initiations. There are ten spheres in this diagram, from Malkut to Keter. And if you've read the major mysteries, some island Vior refers to these degrees in terms of esoteric time. So if you're in meditation and you ask a master or your being to tell you where are you at in your work. They will refer to you in your age. To be 99 years or younger refers to the minor mysteries. 10 to the first initiation of mysteries. 20 to second initiation of minor mysteries. 30 to the third initiation of minor mysteries up to the ninth, 90. And beyond that, a hundred to a thousand refer to these ten spheres of the tree of life. The major mysteries. And even beyond. So it's a symbol. It's a reference point. We need to know this map so that when we travel to these places in our work internally, we don't get lost. We don't get confused because we cannot interpret our experiences literally. They are symbolic, abstract. God the Most High says, is the person who follows the good pleasure of God like the person who brings to himself the wrath of God, whose dwelling is hell, a woeful refuge, from Surah 3, verse 162. Certainly they are in varying degrees that ajat in the sight of God. Surah 3, verse 163. And those ascending degrees mentioned in this Quranic verse are 1,000 stations. So study this diagram with a lot of patience. I only provide an overview of this to provide context for understanding what the different stations we will talk about, but also the qualities of the soul needed to master those states and to progress in our meditations. The journey to God is short. The journey in God is infinite. Ascending degrees, more knowledge, limitless wisdom, which is why Prophet Muhammad stated in Surah Taha, verse 114, My Lord, Increase me in knowledge. 
So Abdullah Ansari of Harat explains that there are way stations and abiding stations. These stations are stopping places. They are levels. Levels of being. Which always ascend higher and higher towards the divine. And even within the divine, there are infinite degrees, levels of being, which we seek to actualize. This quote explains how this is a very dynamic process and that we must always strive forward in our work to question in our meditations where are we at, what must we do in our particular level so that we can renounce what is egotistical and ascend towards what is higher. And those 1,000 stations are stopping places which are traveled by those who are journeying toward God, Huck until the servant, having passed, and is helped to pass through those ascending degrees stage by stage, is honored to be received into the proximity, kurb, of God. So what is this proximity of God? There are levels to God, which is why we study the tree of life. Because there are levels and levels of that light as it's stated in the Quran, light upon light, in Surat al-Nur, levels upon levels of understanding. But always we want to go higher. That is the goal. Or the servant himself passes through one stopping place after another until he reaches the final stopping place, which for him is the field of proximity to God. The proximity he leaves behind is only a way station, while that proximity where he remains is the abiding spiritual station, like those stations of the angels in the heavens. So many of us long to be close to God, to have that experience, to have that realization. Remember that we must travel and traveling to a distant country that is foreign, unfamiliar, dangerous, requires a lot of courage, a lot of work, striving, effort. The stages of the path are way stations, and we wish to abide within the highest spiritual station, like the angels. And we have to remember that the Elohim or the angels, the Buddhas, the gods, whatever name we wish to use, were once like us. They did not begin from the heights. They rose from the mud. They polished their hearts with dhikr, remembrance of Allah, through meditating on their true nature. And so one practice we can do is to meditate on the tree of life to ask for clarification of what this diagram means to us and to understand that these are way stations places of travel that lead higher and higher the path of divinity 
of the gods is in a much higher octave degree than what we can conceptualize here and even with the tree of life. We know that there is the ten spheres or sephiroth of the tree in which certain masters ascend, but even in the absolute there are degrees and degrees and degrees which are incomprehensible for us at our level. But we need to understand this conceptually so that we know what the goal is and to meditate on to know the truth of it from experience. As God the Most High says, and there is none among us but he has a known station from Surah 37 verse 164. And in his saying, they seek a way of access to the Lord, which of them might be closest. From Surah 17 verse 57. So even the gods the angels seek to go higher. And this can inspire us and humble us to remember that this path is a process. It is a patient work. Rumi, the great Sufi poet and initiate, explained this process in one of his poems. We talked about the process of the soul elevating higher and higher and higher through a process of the death of the ego. I died as a mineral and became a plant. I died as plant and rose to animal. I died as animal and I was man. Why should I fear? When was I less by dying? Yet once more I shall die as man, to soar with angels blessed. But even from angelhood I must pass on. All except God doth perish. When I have sacrificed my angel soul, I shall become what no mind ever conceived. Oh, let me not exist, for non-existence proclaims and organ tones. To him we shall return. So what is that non-existence? It's referred to in the Kabbalah as the absolute. I myself, myself or the cosmic space, the truth, the infinite, from which every world manifests. Even the term Allah has a negating principle. La means no in Arabic. Allah is the negative, the no, the negation of all that is not divinity. In order to reach those heights, we have to renounce, renounce, and renounce all that is imperfect in us. We must undergo fana, annihilation of the self, so that we can subsist baka within our eternal divine reality. As Abdullah Ansari of Harat states, so each of these thousand stations in the spiritual chapter, Ravanda, at a station, Makam, for the discoverer. There are some initiates who are reaching certain heights, while others are transcending those. Degrees and degrees, a process. We've spoken a lot about uh, Kabbalah, 
and the Torah in synthesis. It's important to remember that the 22 arcana of the Torah are synthesized in the Tree of Life. And there is one card in particular that can help us to understand what the Sufis wrote about the six conditions for initiation of aiding our meditation. If we wish to understand and experience this tree of life, it's different mentalities, expressions, principles, archetypes. We must practice six things according to the stations of the Sufi path. In those thousand stations, there is no escape from six things. Even for the blink of an eye, these six things, conditions are respecting the divine command, fearing God's tricks and ruse, seeking God's forgiveness, actively respecting the sunnah, the prophetic tradition, living in friendship and kindness, and being compassionate towards all creation. So the sixth card of the Tarot relates to these principles and is a very wonderful diagram for understanding our situation and how to really enter initiation, practice meditation profoundly. The sixth arcanum, the sixth law, refers to the lovers of the Tarot. It is the soul caught between the ego and the divine. He's looking to his left, his left arm crossed over his right, and his feet in the waters of the card, in the bottom third of this diagram, because he has fallen into temptation. He represents us. We wish to enter the path, to understand the path, to practice it, to work. But we have ego. And the woman on the right of the card, or to the left of this initiate, is precisely naked, referring to her lasciviousness, her lust, which is his mind, his own ego, his not, his own soul. And on his right, there is a divine initiate, a woman, referring to the divine mother, the sacred cow, of Islam, al-Baqarah. Above, there is an angel aiming an arrow towards the whore, the prostitute, the naked woman of this arcanum, in order to slay her. And this teaches us the path, the path of meditation. Meditation is for comprehending our own faults, eliminating our faults and perfecting our soul. We do this through love, by loving our divinity. But of course, for that, we must turn in repentance to our own inner divinity. Notice this man's face is towards the prostitute of this card. He's not facing the chaste, divine, beautiful woman on his right. The Quran speaks abundantly of turning to God, of having remorse. If we don't have remorse, it means that we do not respect the divine command. 
the laws and ethics of the soul. Remember that the basis of meditation is founded on how we use our energy. Lust and love cannot mix. They are opposites. Desire says me, what I want, what I crave, what I need. And compassion says you. Lust fulfills itself. Love or compassion sacrifices for others. So what does it mean to respect the divine command? Since we've been studying the writings of Samael and Vior, the most specific command is chastity, sexual purity, renunciation of animal desire, fornication. We cannot enter initiation if we are losing our energies, sexually speaking. It means that we don't respect divinity and we are facing the horror of the sixth arcanum, feeding our animality, our lower soul. So beginning meditators often struggle with the reality of lust. This is precisely the path of indecision, the name of this card. When we struggle to orient ourselves again and again as we enter the stations of the path. Without an understanding of chastity, we cannot understand meditation to rise to a new station. So we must learn to comprehend and have remorse to really understand how our own desires create pain for ourselves and for others. Fear God's tricks and ruse. This has to do with the ordeals we receive as we are practicing meditation and chastity. These are struggles we have to face that come from divinity. If we don't receive hardship, we will never change. We will never confront the monster that is underneath the bed. Without these troubles and difficult situations in life, will never spontaneously emerge so that we can see them. This is a psychological gymnasium, which is why Arcanum 6 teaches us the following axiom. Thou art giving me labor, O Lord, and fortitude with it. If you study the lectures on Lucifer, you will know this teaching very well. The tempter. That part of our psychology and divinity that places ordeals and challenges and temptations so that we can overcome them and grow. So this is what it means to fear God's tricks and ruse. Because we face ordeals, but if we don't comprehend them and eliminate our defects, we end up in more suffering. We also must learn to seek God's forgiveness. Sincere remorse is essential. In meditation, it is the crux of how we change that feeling in the heart that we have made a mistake and we wish to know how to work on that fault. And this is how we actively respect the Sunna, the prophetic tradition, the writings of any master or prophet 
the life of the prophets. What we see by their examples in spiritual life, like in the three mountains by Samael and Veor, how to orient our heart when we are troubled, but also living in kindness and friendship and being compassionate towards all creation. If we want to neutralize selfishness, desire, egocentrism, we must learn to sacrifice for other people. That's what drives us on the path of initiation. How we initiate. How we meditate on what we must change. Lastly, we'll talk about spiritual acts and remembrance. Some people think of initiation and the tree of life as something abstract, outside of ourselves. But if we wish to really understand meditation, we have to study Kabbalah. We have to understand the symbols and how they apply to what is going on in our life. Otherwise, we are confused. And I'll relate to an experience I had many years ago that can elucidate these concepts. I remember that I was meditating very deeply, sometimes hours a day. And I remember falling asleep in my chair in my bedroom. I awoke in the astral plane in my home where I was shown an instructional video The words, the path of the self-realization of the being, scrolled from left to right in front of my vision or screen. I was next shown a diagram, 10 spheres, which are aligned in two rows of five columns, different faces. Mine was on the bottom far right that I can never forget. Different qualities or expressions of different faces or people, which at the time I didn't understand. I was never studious about Kabbalah in the beginning, but I was having meditation experiences that I couldn't explain. I remember seeing particularly figures in this diagram, portraits associated with the Nordic pantheon, such as Wotan, Father of the Gods, in the far top left, and other faces associated with Germanic mythology. And I remember asking this question of an instructor who directed me to Kabbalah, the Tree of Life. And I understood that each portrait or face in that glyph was a symbol of different faces or aspects of my own inner truth, levels of initiation. And when I understood this symbol, I was relieved. And I had a lot of faith built from that understanding that I was being helped. I just needed the practical knowledge to interpret. And this is why Kabbalah is essential to meditation, because I was confused. 
I knew this was from my inner divinity because of my heart and what my soul was telling me. But when I verified in writing from the books this reality, it solidified my faith and has helped me to progress for many years of work to be patient. So in this process, we must always go higher, revise our understanding, self-reflect, which is why the following anecdote. I heard Abu Ali al-Dakak say, when al-Wasati entered Nishapur, he asked the companions of Abu Uthman al-Hari, what did your shaykh use to order you to do? They replied, he used to order us to realize the necessity of acts of obedience and to see clearly how we fell short in them. So while this pertains to our ethical discipline, of course there are levels. We emphasize ethics always. But we must not get caught up in concepts, intellectualism, theories. Which is why Al-Wasati exclaimed, He ordered you to sheer fire worship. Why did he not command you to be absent from these acts in the vision of their originator and further? Why did he not teach you to learn how to act selflessly from the being, to manifest those higher qualities in the vision and remembrance of the truth. Levels of knowledge. Remember we spoke about Sharia, Tariqah, Marifah. Ethical discipline, inner work, and the highest realizations. Again, that tree of life, you can refer to the three trinities of that diagram. Above, middle, and below. Top trinity, formed by Keter, Chokmah, Binah. The middle trinity, Chesed, Geburah, Tifereth. And the bottom trinity, Netzach, Hod, and Yesod. The three levels of Sufism, top trinity relates to Marifah. The middle trinity relates to Tarikah, the path of the heart. And Sharia refers to the lower trinity how we work with netzach, our mind, hod, our emotions, and yesod, our energy. Levels of knowledge and wisdom. Al-Wasati only intended to safeguard these people from against complacency, from being satisfied with their level of development, not to turn aside into realms of negligence, to abandon the ethical practices of our tradition, or to authorize infringement of a single one of the usages of religion. So remember that the tree of life is very intricate. We'll approach this glyph systematically to understand how these principles apply to our meditation. Even the terms used in Hebrew relate to the profound development of the consciousness. And so here we introduce these concepts. Uh, we will open up the floor to answer any questions that you may have. 
I, I was curious, you talked about, you know, about having a map to know where you are right now. Could you, um, could you talk a little bit more about that? Yes. So the Tree of Life is precisely the map of our consciousness and where we are and what we must do. So we know from our meditative practice that the lower five spheres of this diagram teach us about the qualities of our soul. Malkut in Hebrew means kingdom, our body. When we meditate, we must learn to call Malkut. We must also learn to relax and to work with our vital forces relating to Yasod, which in Hebrew means foundation, the vital energies. We work with these vital energies through mantra, through prayer, through transmutation, sacred rites of rejuvenation, runes, many exercises that are provided in the writings of Samayon Vior. We also learn to calm our emotions, withdraw our emotions from negativities relating to Hod, the astral body, referring to splendor in Hebrew, the splendor of the heart, the compassion of the heart. As we calm our emotional center, we also let the mind exhaust itself, relating to Netzach. Sometimes, Salmayon Vyar mentions how one who conquers his or her mind is victorious, a Buddha. And so the mind always wanders from thing to thing, associative thinking. We must learn to control our mind with willpower. We're referring to Tifereth, which in Hebrew means beauty. The beauty of the soul. Profound, intuitive, beautiful action. It doesn't mean a will that is enmeshed in desire. Because in most cases, for us, our will is conditioned. We tend to be very weak-willed in our studies, especially in the beginning. But through these exercises of meditation, concentration practice, relaxation, pranayama, we learn to fortify our will with divine force. And even when we sit to practice meditation, we can look at this glyph. We can meditate on this diagram and question, where are we in our work? What are we stuck in? Most people don't even get past the physical body. They're always moving their malkut, the body, the earth is always moving. Our inner earth, our body, malkut, must always be still when we meditate. Some people work with energy after relaxing the body, work with the asad. Other times we are caught up with negative emotion relating to hod, or our mind is too active, chattering, netzach. And sometimes we need to develop more will, more divine will, action that always serves, submits to divinity, referring to chesed, the being, the innermost, 
in Hebrew, meaning mercy. And the divine soul, Geburah, in Hebrew referring to justice. The mercy and justice of divinity, which always knows how to act in any situation. Of course, to go higher requires work. But in a simple way, this diagram teaches us who we are. And if we learn to really investigate those spheres in the internal dimensions, we can receive even more profound guidance and be instructed as to what we have to work on. Because remember that the science of dream yoga is geared to understanding our own experiences in life. Initiation is our own life lived intensely with rectitude and with love. So if we awaken consciousness in those higher regions of nature, we can be shown our level of being, our qualities of mind, our defects that we have to work on. So that when we return to our physical body from sleep, we're charged, we're inspired, because we're receiving the inner guidance of our own inner divinity. And so that's a representation of what the stations are. They can refer to virtues. They can refer to the sephirot, the tree of life. And remember that even each sphere of this Kabbalistic glyph refers to qualities of the being and the soul, such as justice and mercy, beauty, victory, splendor, foundations of work relating to energy and the kingdom that encompasses all of it. So it's a very beautiful diagram that can teach us much. We'll go into aspects of this glyph progressively in this course in order to relate certain qualities that can help us understand how to work more effectively. That's great. Thank you. Very helpful. Thank you. You're welcome. To learn more about the knowledge covered in this lecture, we invite you to study the books available through Glorian Publishing or GnosticTeachings.org. You can also view free online courses, lectures, transcriptions, and articles available at chicagonosis.org. All of this is made possible by the support of listeners like you. Have you benefited from this knowledge? Help others by making a tax-deductible donation at chicagonosis.org. We thank you for listening. We hope that these lectures aid you in developing your complete and divine potential. May all beings be happy. May all beings be joyful. May all beings be in peace. Thank you.